You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Hard not to do, but anyways. All right, let's, why don't we explain why we're going so early in the morning? Um, because we both get up at about five. Um, yep. And I think there's a lot to be said for early mornings, getting up, having purpose, um, getting up and, and starting your day with some positivity, right? And, What's the real reason? Uh, we don't have enough bandwidth. <laughs> <laughs> other than that, you know, we got, we got cut off the other day. People My are like, kids hey, suck up every juice of Wi-Fi we have. And I, I know it, the Comcast account shuts us off after about three minutes, so. No. Thank you, though, Comcast, for not shutting us off today. We hope. Yeah, well, hopefully. Everybody at home, cross your fingers. We're. But no, well, tell, but ask, actually tell them what you found out about that, because that is kind of interesting because of everyone being at home and using Wi-Fi. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's real simple. I mean, we're all at home doing exactly what we're doing. We're, we're now live broadcasting from our houses. We're, you know, doing Zoom meetings. We're doing, um, you know, uh, Facebook Lives. We're. I, which I absolutely love, by the way. I think this is probably the coolest, most connected I felt with my clients in a long time. I mean, it's there's there's always open houses and whatever, but man, I've been reaching out to a lot of my my clients and and uh, everybody's working from home, doing it well. They're they're playing with their kids more. They're having dinner together, um, you know, from a positive perspective. Because you you watch the news to get the negative. I'm not even going to tell you all the bad things about it or side effects or how long it's going to last. None none of this to me is um, anything that I feel that I should be speaking of. What I can tell you is my own experience and what I'm observing. Um, I, I love my kids out in the cul-de-sac playing kickball, safely staying, you know, 30 feet apart and uh, having fun. Um, I see my family going for a walk every night. Um, I'm making dinners every night. It's It's been, uh, I know. And they're, they're actually eating it, which is even crazier. Oh. Did you say you played kickball? No, my kids. I, I, oh, okay. uh, right. I'm obviously at a professional level where it wouldn't be fair. So, yeah, that's true. So, Hey, talking about the cooking thing, that is, um, what, what's going on. So I'm, I'm testing a bunch of things, you know, I've talked about it. I've talked about it for a long time. I used to own a restaurant, um, yeah. and, uh, and loved it. I, I managed a restaurant when I was out of just in high school and, uh, throughout college and I bartended and waited and I loved doing that. You support um, a lot of restaurants too, I've heard. I'm very good at supporting them. <laughs> but, I, but I have found out that I can work without having to go to Buffalo Wild Wings. This is, I didn't know that. No way. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And uh, I never thought I could before, but uh, they, uh, I still will support them when we're back. But anyways, um, the I, I always wanted to do like a restaurant that has like just 10 meals. 10, yep. that's it. That's all you have. And they're the awesome best ones. The old diners, drive-ins, and dives um, show where yeah. you find the best food and 10 best plates. And so I'm working on those items as we speak. I've got two of them so far. Awesome. So, you know, yep, it's coming. So what, uh, just, I'm sure everybody at home is curious what those two items might be. Can't tell you. I can't tell you. But it is. Pizza rolls. <laughs> okay, garlic toast? No. Um, <laughs> Cheese bread? <laughs> You know, there's wings, of course, but of course, um, right. yeah, but uh, a spicy ginger chicken 
And then um, have you ever been to the Uptown Diner? They have this that Cajun breakfast, you know, we've done, we did that for the radio. I was show. just going to say, man, you almost insulted yeah. me. We've eaten breakfast there about a hundred times together. Yeah, that's true. So why don't we talk about that? We did, I mean, we, we did have a radio show, um, uh, 11 years, almost 11 years. Yeah. And on WCCO, they did great, make some great uh, station, by the way, I, I've yeah. always said this. I mean, I, I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, great like people. what, how, how did everything end up and what did you guys do and how did it go? And it, it was it was all positive, man. I mean, everybody over there is great. I highly recommend you still support their station. And, and uh, they were great to us for many, many years. Provided us a platform where we could, you know, get our message out there. And it uh, things are changing. Times are changing. I mean, it's it's unfortunately in the radio business, a lot of it has to do with, you know, do things make financial sense? And, you know, us having a free real estate show on the radio just probably wasn't very financially, I don't know, good. I don't know. I I always thought we had fun and, and uh, had plenty of advertisers, but you know, hey, maybe we weren't very good. That maybe that was the problem. Yeah, we. So anyways, we'll, we'll see. We'll you see. Can literally see the chart going. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, anyways, yeah. um, let's uh, Go back let's to you. Kind of, we're going to kind of, uh, follow the same format uh, that we did before. We always are getting questions uh, through the week and stuff like that. But our friend Denny Long always used to start out and. Uh, Ask us how the market was going. Obviously, there's been a lot of changes uh, in the real estate market that have happened. Yep. And most notably, yesterday was a big one. Yeah. And uh, they, uh, you know, obviously we have a, what is it, a stay in place or stay in shelter or shelter in place. Something like that, um, yeah. Yeah, that, that happened. And uh, But real estate was deemed an essential business, um, which I think was very important. And the reason being is because there's so many people that are tied to the real estate industry. Mm-hmm. And I think we find out from what happened back in, uh, you know, late to 2008-ish uh, area, the the era, the, what, what do we want to call that era? The, the I mean, it was really- the depression. Uh, recession. Yeah, the last recession that happened and uh, real estate was a primary factor of how uh, it got destroyed. But there's a lot of differences between what we have now uh, what's happening now and what happened then? Uh, at, I mean, it, it's it's pretty obvious. We uh, we we actually have, uh, Chris, I don't know if you know this. Maybe I'll share my screen here a little bit too so anybody that's watching can actually see. Um, let me actually do that as we're speaking here. I'm going to add uh, this here. So this, I apologize for not being pretty, but what we wanted to talk about today too was having the, um, you know, what what is the uncertainty? What's What is you know, around this COVID, the world markets are heading for another housing crash, I think is on the the tip of everybody's mind is like, hey, you know, watching the markets go up and down and having all this crazy um, in our world. And one of the things, you know, Chris and I put, uh, we kind of have this chart here. And one of the things we wanted to talk about was like, um, you know, you get back to like 2006 and seven. And when I was out, you know, uh, selling houses and working model homes and um, I mean, you, you could literally fog a mirror, they would give you a mortgage. They wouldn't verify, you know, where your income was coming from. They just would do the, you know, kind of the trust system. And it was stated um, mortgage. It was yeah, a stated any, income. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they used to have seminars. I used to look in the paper and it would say, Hey, if you have a, uh, an 800 credit score and want to make 25,000 this weekend, come to our seminar. And the seminars were all about, um, you know, how they would buy an expensive home because at that point, um, and I'll show you in another chart here how houses were appreciating at 
that 12%, 8% a year. And they're like, why don't you buy a million dollar house and appreciate that instead of just a hundred thousand dollar house. So they had people with good credit scores, taking crazy risks, buying houses they couldn't afford. And then these quote investor um, people that were out there were putting in what they called um, renters and straw buyers that were, you know, so it was all a sham. It was set up to buy a house at a ridiculous price. Um, the investors were getting paid money under the table, usually from the sellers to put the deals together. And so here, these people were basically getting set up to fail. And that, that was, I mean, run rampant. Um, and, and they did. And, and they, they did. did. Yeah. I mean, everybody that I knew that was like, Hey, I've just bought five houses at 800,000 a piece and I've got renters paying the rent. And, um, you know, when the economy comes back, th these houses will be worth $2 million and look at all the money I've made. And you're a fool for not doing it. Cut scene three months later that that renter can't pay the rent and now the payments aren't being made. And it was, it was a very elaborate scheme, if you will. But the big thing there is looking at, you know, it was easy to get a mortgage back here. And then that like right now, here's what's cool, Chris, um, with interest rates being lower. Okay. When, when rates go lower, money's harder to get, because think about this, would you actually give somebody money if they weren't paying you a high yield? And if somebody was high risk, they'd want high yield. That's why a lot of us were excited that rates were starting to actually go up a little bit because that makes a broader um, group of people or a wider scope of people um, technically capable of, of, of uh, being able to buy houses. So there was, you know, so as rates go up, you can have a lower credit score and now there's more bodies to fill those. Cause the, like Chris and I have talked about this, and I don't mean to ramble on here, but the good deal buyers that are out there, the people that have the 800 credit scores and, and tons of money, they've bought their good deals. They've secured those great interest rates. And now it's like, what's next? And so the market needs to evolve into, okay, so now we'll get into the not so perfect. Um, and what are your thoughts on that, Chris? Well, I I agree. I mean, I think there, there's a significant difference uh, from what happened uh, during the recession versus what's happening today. And I think um, widely people are kind of looking at this as a, a blip, not like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? It's going to be years before it happens. And nobody knows where the end is. It's kind of like um, the stock market. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, it took a sharp decline here, but then it kind of came back and now it's kind of hovering back and forth, back and forth. Uh, but I think everyone really feels like, hey, once this is over, it's going to get back. I, I do think the longer it takes, uh, the harder it's going to be. And there's a lot of talk about that. Um, and I'm not getting anything, <laughs> not getting into any political thing. And nobody wants anyone to die. You know what it means? But, uh, you know, if you're shut down for a long time, that's what I mean could happen is, yeah. uh, you know, that it could get the, that, that gets longer. So I think, yeah. I, I just think that we're not looking at a long-term type thing here. We're right, looking right. At, it's, it's more of a blip. And, and the other big thing is, Andy, is that the uh, inventory right now is low. Yeah, let's, let me let me jump ahead here, guys. Sorry to jump on. Andy's the best place. at his little uh, – he's got all his little uh, – Hang on now. Come on. Oh, wait. Of course, it's the, la it's the last one I want to go to here. Thanks for jumping around, Chris. Yeah, I don't know what you have here. So, yeah, well, prepared. What are you talking about? Okay, so last time the oversupply of homes in the marketplace we had was actually um, 8.2 months of inventory. So when we went into this like slowdown, we had a ton of houses sitting there, new model homes and overbuilt communities, and just new houses were being built for no reason, just other than to be built. And today, look at this number right here, Chris. We're only at um, 3.1. 
um, which is which is very um, healthy for for a, a marketplace. So that as the market turns back on, there's nothing there to create almost instant demand. So it's like jumping on the treadmill that's already moving. I think is what's going to happen. So a lot of us won't necessarily feel um, that you know slowdown if there is such a thing. Yeah, and there is some. Uh, I've been doing a lot of uh, networking across the United States and uh, talking to different people in different markets and stuff. And there are some that are are hurting. But what happens in that market or is when people um, usually becomes a like an investor market where the investors are maybe trying to get out of it. Yep. And then it's kind of like, hey, who can get the that buyer? And they want them quicker. Then all of a sudden someone starts dropping their price just to get that. And then everything starts dropping. But we have right. not, we have not seen that. Right. No, and, and you know, and, and that's it, it just it's not there. And see, here, here's what uh, I was going to show you guys here too. So you can see the um six years leading up to the housing crash of 2008. So you go back where look at these appreciation numbers. I mean, they were fantastic. I mean, great if you owned a property. Um, very scary if you were trying to buy a property. It almost made you feel impulsive that you had to get in there and buy something. The last six years we've had, now this goes back to about 2014, 4%, 5%. And this is off the crash numbers. So remember, this is going back to an artificially low reset number and building back very conservatively, you guys. So it's not like we started over here and now we're going, you know, continuing this chart. We went from here, we dropped down way down here, and now we're starting to come back. So there's this gap between um, where these houses are and where these houses were is, is, is almost back to where we were right here. So we're not exceeding those numbers. I mean, it's, it's showing that a lot of our, our values, if you will, are kind of back to the 2000 and, you know, five, six, seven um, numbers um, where, they, where they were, you know, which for a lot of us is kind of relieving. And in another way, it's kind of like, oh boy, are we going over the top again? And that's, I think what, you know, a big part of our conversation today was. Um, yeah. Chris, why don't you talk about this though, the cash out refi stuff that's here? I don't know what your chart says here. What does it say? <laughs> These are your well, charts. It, just, it talks about cash out refi. So again, 2005 to 2007, everybody was using their house as a cash machine, as it says up here. And they were buying boats, they were buying cars, they were paying off their student debts. They were paying off, which, you know, obviously, if you really think about it, might have been an ingenious plan. Pay off all your your, your non-forgivable student debt, and then you let your house go to the bank, and then uh, you had no debt. But um, that'd be fraudulent. But um, I saw a lot of it happening. Um, So they were pulling out cash crazy. Or a boat or a vacation or a, you know, that's what people were doing. They were using their, I mean, your, your chart is right. They were using it like an ATM, you know, yeah. and now I think people are, you know, what all these charts are basically saying is people uh, remember what happened then and they've, they've changed their habits. For, for sure. Hopefully they have, you know I mean? And, and for some people, you know, it's, it's okay. I mean, you know, I still look at a house as being a shelter, but it's also, you know, the loans you get and the things you have access to are tools but how are you right. going to use those tools? And you don't want to buy a tool that you don't necessarily need. Um, right. you know. Um, and then lastly, on our last chart here, it was talking about um, the average monthly income that was dedicated towards mortgage payments. I found this also to be very interesting. In 2006, as you guys can all read here, the average was 25.4% of the average um, mortgagee's um, income was dedicated to their mortgage payment. Now that's pre-tax, Okay. Now it's averaging 
So it, and again, that's because people are overqualifying for mortgages. They're, they're not buying the maximum amount that the bank allows them to buy. They're buying what is in the right or the correct window of affordability, um, which is just one more reason why I, I don't believe the, the economy is anywhere near ready for a housing crash. I just, I don't see it. I mean, and I'm not an expert by any means, but I'm, I'm telling you what my on the ground boots are telling me is that I just don't see how, you know, um, we, we get back to that kind of a market. I think that would also, that thing is stating too, is that the interest rates on our loans are so much lower too. Um, yeah. you know, from the, the difference between, I mean, 25 and 14%, 25% and 14% is probably a lot in the interest rate that, that was, you know, on your mortgage right now. So, all right, let's keep moving. That was, uh, those are good charts, really good charts. And I think, uh, you know, people are, are nervous about that, but I also see that, uh, I mean, inventory is going to remain low. There's some people that are going to say, you know what, I don't want people in my house. I don't want to do that. Um, maybe uh, vacant houses uh, will go on, make it easier to be able to get in. Um, new construction houses, uh, you might see a lot of spec homes starting to sell. They're, they're vacant. They're easy to get into. Um, it's To me, it's, um, you know, it's, uh, I guess, safer, you know, to be able to go through those. I was just going to say, it's, we, we've sold all of our, you know, the group I'm working with, we, we are in that, I'd say that 400 to, uh, let's say, 750 price range. A lot of our, our projects are. We had 16 of our um, pre-existing, you know, spec homes, model homes or whatever sell in um, February. And in March now, when we were in the first two weeks of the parade of homes, we took 11 new orders for 11 new houses. Um, and, and they weren't cheap houses. They were, you know, high fives, low sixes. Um, we were, you know, definitely seeing a higher price point being sold. And I don't know if that's just us based on the school districts or the areas that we're in, but um, at that point, it was is definitely something that um, is a uh, um, an interesting thought. Now, we still have a lot of people circling around, um, and it's th- this has been major crazy life crisis um, drama, lots of crazy news, and people are just going, wait a minute. Is the is is the you know the the world uh, is the, is the sky falling right and or are we going to be okay and I think that as the smoke as they say clears a little bit we realize okay we're still stable we're on the ground we have good deposits we have affordable house payments um, my company wants me to come back to work um, you know we, we want to be healthy we want to be smart and and I, I hope Chris that what you you were saying is is correct because I believe it um, I believe that we will bounce back um, you know or at least housing will stay stable. Um, until we get our, our feedback on the ground. Yep. Okay. Well, let's get back to uh, some of the other questions too. Is uh, okay. <clears throat> so why why would you choose not to stage and leave your house vacant? Is the question. And uh, that uh, what what would you do? Would you? I mean, always stage. I think there's some cases that you don't need to. Yeah, you know, our models, we, we uh, you know, again, not to keep talking new construction, but new construction models, when they set them up as a model home, are designed to sell the lifestyle. So, um, you know, if you're trying to attract a certain, um, maybe a younger buyer or retired buyer or whatever, and you kind of design your models to be attractive to that, you know, target audience. Um, we're not supposed to necessarily talk that way, but it's it's the reality of it. I mean, they design things to be hip. If it's downtown, if it's out in the country, maybe it's a little more you know, the shabby chic, whatever. I mean, and then, but what it comes out of staging allows people to visualize what the house's full potential can be. So sure. if, if you don't need that, like for example, Chris, you do a lot of Lakeshore stuff. 
So let's say that you walk in the house and the first thing you notice is the big windows out the back looking at the lake. I, I don't know if I'd stage that house. Um, on the other hand, if it's looking at a busy road or uh, another house behind it, maybe you do put a little more attention on staging. Yeah. And I think sometimes too, um, some people's furniture uh, or types of furniture or uh, level of furniture, meaning price-wise, um, can scare people as well. I've got an example that I did, I can't remember, 10, probably 10 years ago. Um, great house, fantastic house, uh, as fantastic uh, furniture. Uh, that was in it as well, but they had a ton of built-ins and you couldn't really determine which one, what, it it wasn't separated. So it was like, oh, is that furniture? Is that part of the house? And we got to a point, it was like, you know what? Hey, let's uh, let's get all the furniture out um, because it wasn't selling. People couldn't visualize, but they had enough other stuff in there, like built-in stuff that it, it looked really good and it sold right away. So there is, there is cases in which to do it, but I think when when you do that part, some people don't go the whole staging ways, but you got to put some of those um, extras in. So, you know, some flowers on the countertop or, you know, towels in the bathroom. So you don't want right. to complete, does it need to, it needs to be accessorized a little, but not crazy, just enough to kind of give it like some life. What about from a health perspective, like right now, Chris, the, uh, what do you think about like this um, with, with all this potential for infectious disease or whatever, you know, or, or virus or whatever? Um, you know, what, what's your opinion on staging with that being the situation we're in? I mean, I think, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that really changes my mind on whether or not to do it or not to do it. It's kind of based on what the house is, but I do think, I mean, if we, I mean, depending on how long this ends up being that we're going to start seeing, um, more video tours, visual tours, uh, that we have to be able to do. And I think, uh, you're right. People have to, uh, I, I think if you're walking, if you're doing a visual tour and you're, or a video tour that you're walking through this house and it's, and it's vacant and your voice is, you know, uh, you know, echoing and it just won't, it won't show as well, you know, right. if it's staged, but, um, I don't know. I don't, I think, uh, again, we're going to be, uh, in a moment here of, uh, people are going to, uh, work with it, I think. You know, we've been seeing buyers doing it. They're all really, uh, really good about it. We've had uh, people that have asked us to, you know, not, uh, they leave the front door open. Yep. Okay. They leave the lights on and don't turn the lights off. They've supplied us with, you know, um, hand sanitizer. Um, I've always, I tell my buyers uh, that we're walking through, just wear, let's wear some gloves, you know, might as well. I mean, we don't need to, I mean, whether whatever you think about this whole thing, you know, let's be safe and, you know, put on some gloves and um, yep. just be smart about it. You know, you we, know, we've been doing the hands-free opens before last weekend. We were, uh, had a couple of properties hit the market and they were doing the uh, opening up the doors, opening the cupboards for people um, without doing too much, you know, where you were, you just wanted to be able to let people see what the inside of the cabinets look like without touching. So we yeah. literally would open up the door, greet them and say, Hey, welcome to a hands-free touch-free open house. Um, and then we got to the point of where, um, I, I don't know, I just, you know, the hard thing for us too, as real estate agents is that this is the dilemma that I think a lot of us have in this industry is like, what's etiquette, you know I mean? Because we're, we're straight up, um, independent contractors, all of my real estate friends and family that are out there, nobody, um, is guaranteed a salary. You can't file for unemployment, um, unless some of the rules change, you know, but it's like you, you sit there and you have independent contractors, 
that that unfortunately their families eventually are gonna are gonna need the income. So how do you continue your business going um, during these crazy times and do it safely for you, number one, and your family, but then safely for the person that needs to buy a house? I mean, both houses I sold this week um, had buyers that have already sold their properties and don't have a place to go. They needed to get this property secured. They, you know, and they, and they of course wanted to, and they, I think the, the offers that are coming in right now are, are honest and they're, I mean, they're still, if they, if it's overpriced, you're still asking for a deal, but if they're priced right, they're like, Hey, you know what, let's make this work. Let's work together. And I, I actually appreciate when, you know, there's that professionalism and, and, and make it about the consumer instead of about us as agents. But, yeah. and I think too, the, the showings are, are real showings. I mean, people that are out are looking to buy and need to buy. And sure. so every, every opportunity that comes, you know, there's some that are, Hey, we're just getting started. And we're thinking about kind of looking and I don't think we have those people right now that are, Hey, we're just kind of thinking about it and kind of at the beginning of our search, I think they're like into it. And so every showing matters, you know? Yeah. So like a, a lot of times, I mean, maybe half the showings are um, to justify another house or to just kind of get people's uh, feet wet and kind of get them out there looking and, and, and figuring out what they're going to try to do. So, and I just yeah. don't think that's the case. All right, Chris, I got a question for you. You ready? Yeah. Okay. What is the best thing to do to get a house on the market when you have limited funds? Clean. This is a text that we got, you know, way back. Um, this is this is actually more common than you realize where I think some people are tight or, you know, life has changed where all of a sudden there was two people paying the, the mortgage. Now there's one um, or whatever the circumstances and um, they need to do repairs. So how, how do you help that consumer, Chris? Clean and declutter to me are the things that don't cost you a lot of money, might cost you a little time, but they're so important. I mean, as, as clean as you can get that place because yeah. people do look around, you know, yeah. so they, they do look in ranges, they do look in cabinets, you know, and, and those things are important. Now, if you're, if you're in a price point that's, you know, flying out the door, you know, you can get away with it because you're getting 30, 40 showings and you're trying to get two or three. But if you have yeah. five or six showings, you know, how are they going to look at yours? And and people do look at, they start thinking about what's behind those walls and how they were taken care of. So if you don't yeah. have it clean, it's, that's, you, you have to have it clean. <laughs> it's clean, so important. They do, the old cliche is uh, cleanliness equals quality. And people perceive cleaner houses as being higher quality well-maintained and loved homes. And yeah. so even if you have a scratched wood floor, there's a difference between having a scratched wood floor and having dirt on it versus having, you know, uh, Cheerios in the corner and dog food over by the dog pail. And, you know, I mean, there's the, cleaning that up and scrubbing up that floor, making it look as good as it can in the condition it's in is, is uh, important. Right. Yeah. So, and then obviously you could add paint onto that. I mean, paint can make a, a uh, significant difference. Um, you have an older house or a uh, darker stain and you start enameling, but enameling is not cheap. You know, you, right. you got to pay for woodwork. It's not, it's not inexpensive by any means. So um, I just think uh, to be cleaning, uh, deep, deep cleaning and decluttering, making the house appear as big as you possibly can. And then there's the people, there is people out there that can envision, not a lot, but there's people that can envision. And now all of a sudden, Hey, you know, they, they start justifying, you know what? Hey, it's clean. There's a lot of space here. We've got a big area to be able to kind of redo it. My gosh, this area is fantastic. And this is what we want. 
So yeah. I would think if I had a limited budget, those are the two things. Well, those are the things I talk about immediately. Those are things that we can, um, you know how you Google stuff? Hey, what should you do to be able to do your house? And we always say, you know, how much more you do, it kind of depends. But those yeah. are two things that if you Google, it'll, it'll help you every single time. Declutter and clean. It doesn't matter what house you have. Agreed. 100% agree. Uh, you know, we even get into the the clean the scary rooms. Remember that? We've talked about that before, yeah. the utility rooms and the laundry sure. room. Th- those are the ones where people, you know, like I, I jokingly say this, but you have this big, beautiful million-dollar house. You go down and you're going to find two dead mice in the sump basket. Um, it happens. I mean, that has nothing to do with you living a, a certain lifestyle, a clean lifestyle or whatever, but it's it happens. And so getting in there and cleaning that ahead of time, looking where, you know, people's, you know, they're going to put their eyes, getting the cobwebs down that are hanging in that utility room because, you know, you don't notice them because maybe you're not tall enough. You go right underneath them. But on the other hand, it's like, look up, grab that broom or whatever you can, get the towel wrapped around it, get up there and get those uh, cobwebs down. And yeah. Yeah. But you also see that on the mechanicals themselves, you know, you get that extra debris on them or there's dust, just clean those off, shop back them off and wipe them all down. And it looks, it looks fantastic. And a lot of people don't understand mechanicals. They leave that for the inspector. But if you're walking through and it's cleaner, or if it's got cobwebs all over it, it's, hey, that's old utilities. And that's going to reflect in how you're going to make an offer, even if you don't know how good that furnace is. But if you walk into a, a mechanical room, and it's actually a mechanical room, it's not like, hey, your luggage room and your uh, paint room and your, you know, work shed kind of room. And you, you just, you want to make it, it's a mechanical room. Right. Good, good so. point. All right. Well, we're going on about 31 minutes here. Why don't we, you want to cover a couple more quick questions and then we'll call it a day. Okay. Yep. I got one. What should sellers uh, do with their animals during showings? I, you know, I always, uh, typically everyone, uh, puts their dog away, um, whether it's in a kennel or not, but if it's barking at you the whole time, that's very disruptive for a showing. So it's better to have all animals gone, regardless. Every one of them needs to be gone. And uh, yeah, I mean, even, I'll tell you what, even hamsters and, and that kind of stuff, because it just reflect. well, what if that hamster got out? And what if it made a mess or it, uh, what, you know, or it distracts you from the showing. You know, you go in there, oh, what a cute little hamster. I love this hamster, you know, and you, then you're not looking at the house. I always, a lot of people uh, leave their pets out. Yeah, you know? I, I kind of do the old get your uh, Noah's Ark put together, get everybody loaded up and get out of there. Grab your butt, you know, the basket and um, throw all the last minute things as you you back out the door, throw it in your, your laundry basket, throw it in the trunk and, um, you know, take all the animals with you. But I'll tell you, it, it's tricky right now because if you don't have animals that like to be outside and you are sitting in your car waiting for the showing because you don't have the Starbucks to go sit at or the caribou to go sit at right now, you know? Yeah. So you're literally sitting in your car down the street with all your animals. It, uh, it can be challenging for sure. So I'm um, having a, a, a camped out place to, to go if it's a park or, or whatever you can to get, to get uh, out of the house for the showing um, is obviously important, but um, yeah. So, yeah. Seeing them and hearing about them are two different things as well. So obviously you have to disclose it on your disclosure statement. But if if you see the the pet, you know, and it's and it's maybe not super nice, um, and, it, and it's a barker, and it's just because it's excited to be able to see you. But you're you're thinking, oh my gosh, this thing's probably tearing down the walls and eating things, you know. And so it's like 
you just and some people are afraid of that stuff. There, there's a wife joke there somewhere, but I'll leave it alone. We'll uh <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what, have you ever had a cat like chase you? Oh I've had that. My sister, I'll never forget it. My sister, um, she called me up from this house and she goes, Oh my god, I can't get out of here. The cat had her trapped on the stairs, it was sitting at the bottom of the stairs, just looking at her. And uh, she's like, You gotta come here. I go, I can't get there. So she made the break while she was on her phone and she's yeah. running. It was so funny. So, so let me give you a weird story. Going back to 2009, um, I was sitting there and I was working for a bank and in this bank, uh, we were up in Rogers, uh, Minnesota, you know, and uh, I go, I go to this property. It's been vacant. It looks like for quite a while. And I open up the door and I hear a Rawr! and here's <laughs> about a 55 pound cat. I swear to God, it was this big and round and sitting there and it was mad. And I think, I don't know how it got in the house because um, that house hadn't been open for a long time. We had oh, to drill the locks out to get in there. So this big fat cat somehow got in this house, which made me then wonder like, oh my gosh, is there open walls or did somebody let it in there? Or, you know, or did the guy that was leaving the house want me to get attacked by this savage cat? I don't know. But it was it just about uh, aged me a couple of years, I swear. Half oh, these gray was- hairs were from that event. Yeah, you're not expected a 55 pound cat. Well, I was joking. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know what cats weigh. Maybe it's 10 pounds. I don't know. But it was it was about as fat as it was tall. During this whole thing, we we decided to get Netflix. Never I did. We had Netflix a long time ago. We got rid of it. And there's this there's this one uh, this exotic animal, tiger or something. I can't remember what it's called. It's the craziest show ever. But they have all these you know tigers and lions as, as pets and just like whatever my, my boy's watching that same show right now and he's like cranking yeah. out like five episodes a day it's it's a crazy yeah. show it's 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 a crazy show so um okay this kind of goes off of it my seller's home has a smell how do i handle it with them us as agents uh we're not trying to be um rude or disrespectful or anything like that but our job is to tell you what other people don't i remember growing up uh, my mom, I said this on the radio one time, she was mortified when I said it, but um, we lived in a house that we had a cat that was, um, there's something wrong with it. It didn't take care of itself, you know, whatever. Well, when you live in that stuff, you don't know that it's probably going to the bathroom because you're just used to it. And so we'd have friends come to our house, you know, kind of, oh, okay, you know, because it would kind of smell. Well, anyways, we moved out of that house. We came back after a renter was in there. We're like, oh my God, it was the worst. And uh, I, I said that to some people and said, yeah, we know, but we tore up the carpet and this animal had gone everywhere. And, um, but you don't know. And which, so we have to let people know that if you cook a certain way, you know, we have to let you know that because that's, that's a first impression. I mean, a smell, sight, smell, feel, touch, you know, all of that stuff is part of your senses. And that's just yep. as important as, uh, you know, the staging part of it. Right. Well, and I think that that's one of the things that we have to be a little careful of as we get into different cultural, you know, um, practices of, you know, frying fish or doing whatever. And here's the thing, you know, like I've always used the, um, if as an agent anyway, when we're meeting with somebody and it's a food smell. Okay. Now, regardless if we agree with it or not, doesn't, is not the point. Um, I've used the term like, Hey, you know, your house smells like, like dinner smells delicious in here, but we, we don't want people focusing on what's for dinner. We want people to focus on uh, the house. And so is there any way that we could, you know, possibly fry this outside or do this in a better way that would would let more of the aromas out 
um, versus trapping them in. And it's amazing how many people go, I get it. No problem. Let's, uh, I can, I can fry my whatever out in the garage or I can do, you know, um, not as spicy as stuff the next couple of weeks and let's neutralize the smells that are not necessarily in there. And here's where you got to be careful. We say the word smell, which is offensive, you know, naturally, but it's like, it doesn't have to be offensive. It can be aromas, you know, Hey, there's some, there's some food aroma or, you know, Hey, there's a lingering, um, aroma of your cat. <laughs> I don't know, but you got to be politically correct. Cause you don't want to hurt the person's feelings, but it is, I agree with you. Chris, you know it's our job. You're going to hurt their feelings more when they get about 30,000 less on their house. So you have yeah. to do it. It's our job. We have to do it. And, um, and, and if we don't do it, and what some people do is let the other agents tell you about it. And then that's an easier way to kind of let it happen. But the, by the time that happens, because they're showing that your agent is, uh, you know, you're not doing your seller justice. So you have to tell people that, um, you, you know, whether or not they want to do it, that's up to them, but we right. have to, tell them because if it comes back and I, I tell my story about 1994, you know, when I told that person that, you know, you didn't have to replace the carpet and everyone said, oh my gosh, the carpet's horrible. And they said, why didn't you tell me? I said, you're right. That don't happen anymore. I make right. sure that I tell them everything that possibly can go wrong with that house. And then if they want to do it or not, that's up to them. Yeah. So, well, you know, and I think Chris too, the other hard part is, is that, you know, real estate agents, when you have them out at your house and you're saying, Hey, tell me everything, be honest. Well, you haven't hired them yet. So there's, I always ask permission to be honest because I'll say, listen, you know, you guys haven't hired me yet. Um, I'm out here being interviewed for my job. I don't want to insult you on the interview. And they'll say, well, what do you mean by that? And it's like, so some people are in such denial and you got to remember that agents, a lot of times um, there's, there's what, 22,000 of us right now or something crazy in the twin cities. Um, and, and which means there's probably not enough food for everybody to eat literally, yeah. I mean, or business. So you're going to get a lot of yes, men and women out there that are, Oh, this is great. Yes. We can sell it for that price, even though you're crazy. Um, you know, and they know that, but they're telling you yes, because they want the opportunity to do something instead of nothing. And yeah. this is where I think the experienced agent comes in that knows what their job is and saying, listen, I need permission to be honest with you guys, um, because I, I'm going to tell you some things right now that are going to help you that you may not like to hear. Um, would you like me to put it together on a proposal? Would you like me to tell you as we go? Because I find as we go, it becomes confrontational. Um, there's a lot of times where I like to keep my own notes. And then once we're at the very end of the presentation, I'll say, here's what we can get. But here's the things that I would like to see you guys address. Um, and then what do you think about that? Is this something you can do? Otherwise, we're going to adjust from this price to this price to accommodate that work um, not being done. But I think looking at it, like taking yourself and putting yourself in the buyer's uh, position, I mean, it's it's easier to understand. And uh, whether it's offensive or not, and, and like we say, you know, obviously we got to be careful with that because you can offend someone, it can be over. But I mean, like I said, the, if, if I don't tell you, Someone else is gonna, and then it's by that time it's gonna be too late, and it's right. gonna cost it's gonna cost you a lot of money. So that's well, my job. Make sure, to, make sure to redirect that that attention. Like for an example, I've been at houses where the carpet is already worn out on the stairs, and you say, "Well, you know, we really need to address this carpet." And they say, "I just put this in two years ago," and you know, you naturally want to say, "Well, what have you guys been doing in this house to, to wear out carpet in two years?" But on the other well, hand, that's yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> You shouldn't have had so many kids. You, you know, <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but no, you get to that point of where you have to decide, you know, Hey, listen, how, how, what battles do you want to battle with a consumer and saying, you know, 
boy, after two years, you normally don't see this much wear and tear. Maybe we should get the supplier back out here to take a look at this and make sure this isn't, you know, a warranty issue that we could have taken care of. So you're deflecting that, um, you know, source of anger, if you will, towards their house. They, and they maybe thought they were getting ready to sell two years ago when they put that in. So, yeah, true. All right. So how do we end these? This, this, this is our inaugural uh, real show. First show, kickoff yeah. show. How do we end it? I like that there was no ads. This is better than all the streaming services because you have, uh, well, we'll have ads eventually, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, so Chris, so how do they how do they get a hold of you if they were interested in having um, so if they had more questions or would like to talk about you know I know you we didn't talk about your business but let's talk a little bit about your other business real quick before we sign off I'd love to hear more about it. Well, just to take it. I I, I did start this uh, start of the year. It's called Integrity Marketing Services. It's a marketing and mindset company for realtors. Um, basically. Um, I think there's a lot of coaching programs that are out there for people, but they're what they want you to do, not what you should be doing. So we analyze uh, agents and then put them on a path of what they're good at. And it's uh, a fun little thing. And we're going to do some um, different aspects of it. We do a, there's, there's a a podcast that we kind of, it's realtor specific things like um, we talked about, like, um, how to stage a house or whatever those, but it would come from a real estate perspective uh, versus like for everyone. And then um, we also have education, you know, because I'll tell you what, in this industry, education is the most important thing. There's a lot of people out there that don't even, uh, you know, that are writing purchase agreements that don't know what's on the purchase agreement or what it states. So right. uh, education is a big thing. And then it's a way to collaborate with other agents that are, that are doing business. So. Yeah. That's what it was, but obviously I still sell houses and uh, it's uh, been uh, fun. I live in Minnetonka. We have a place in Prior Lake, kind of that south and west suburbs. And uh, obviously- That's where they have the uh, statues of you, right? That's uh, the statues are down in Prior Lake? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, at the, in the bottom of the water. Yes. In the lake. Yeah. In the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> that was in the old days. So. Oh, man. Yeah. The old legend. And you're hiding out where there's no bandwidth up in uh, Champlain Park. Right? I guess, man. Well, it looks like we've we've made it through another broadcast. Otherwise, we'll uh, we'll definitely be on the phone here with Comcast soon. But um, yeah, Champlain, North Metro, Northwest Metro. We're all across the north and the west. Um, I do a little bit more of the. Um, I have a, a team for those that don't know. So I have, you know, there's 15 of us on our real estate team, and so I spend a lot of time working with my new agents. Um, we have uh, a complete marketing program that I've been doing where it's, it's a, um, so the agents, I spend a lot of time where we're actually helping them get the message out to their sphere, promoting them, doing personal promotion, um, and, and making them the star. And that's a little different. I think Chris in our industry is that the, uh, a lot of times real estate agents get hired, um, they get, you know, sold a bunch of stuff and then they get there and they realize there's no business. And then they, they realize that the support is really go watch this video or go do this, whatever. I'm trying to do some different stuff here at, you know, uh, I, my company's preferred home team um, at the Remax, at Remax Advantage Plus. So, you know, we're just trying to do more of a, the agents a star and uh, you're smirking. I I, I'm worried about what you're going to say. There's nothing that says that about you, like on your screen right there. Look at uh, what? <laughs> oh yeah. There it is. Oh, this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah everybody knows how to get a hold of me. I'm, I'm a promoter. That's for sure. I, I, I don't know how to not promote. I think that's my problem. I have to be told to calm down usually. Um, easy. You know, we only want so many graphics on your truck. We only want so many signs in the yard, you know. 
That's okay. Uh, no worries. We used to always joke on the radio that that I would give you some looks when you were talking, and and just like now people are going to start seeing those looks. Yeah. <laughs> he, he puts. We have we have fun. I'm excited to kind of keep doing it. We've been talking about this um, ever since the day that we left the radio show, and uh, and we're finally kind of uh, getting it together. And and I think it was more or less we've tried a bunch of different things. It's just like you know what, just let's get on air. Let's just do it. And so yep. that's what uh, happened rather than try to do it as a major production. We are going to have other people on here that are going to share with us and uh, yep. I think it'll be good. So hopefully you'll well, listen and get something out of it. Yeah. I was going to say anybody else that's watching that um, would like to bring a message to the audience we have here. We're going to, the, the real estate radio hour here on Facebook, we're going to keep it uh, cranking. Um, we're going to be looking for, you know, good lenders. We want to talk to appraisers. I'd like to talk to home inspectors, um, plumbers, electricians, you know, anybody that has anything to do with home services, um, helping people with selling their houses, moving companies, title companies, whatever, um, we we uh, we would love to add you to this call. It's easy to do. We'll set you up. We just would Zoom you in. And so you, right from your office, um, again, smirking. See, well, this, look at this guy over here. The smirk is where I start going, what, what do I do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> no, I I'm just going to say that hopefully they'll get to speak, too, on the show. Yeah, we're going to put a timer below your window here. See how it highlights around the screen? Yours right. is almost burning. It's It's been glowing so much. <laughs> Remember on the radio the one time I said, all you do is talk. You never you never shut up. And then so we I timed it during a segment, and I talked more. <laughs> yeah. That was totally unusual. One yeah, time we all know. We all know, Chris. <laughs> That's right. okay. All right. We'll sign okay, off. Guys, huh? Well, thank you again. Uh, see you the next week, I hope. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.